So you were a baseball lifer, yet uh, you were appointed as a fielding consult- consultant in uh, 2000 by the Australian cricket team. So how and why did that move to cricket come about? Well, I, I was over in Australia. You know, I've been there for many years, and mm-hmm. I coached the baseball team there in the Olympics, and I did pro- professional baseball in the opposite season. And uh, I lived in Queensland, and John Buchanan, of course, was coaching the Queensland team later to become the Australian coach, and we became friends. And Long story made short, he just came to me and uh, said, you know, do you think anything could transfer over? And we made some discussions. I went out and worked out with the Queensland team, and uh, you know, we made some adjustments and added some new things. And then he became the Australian coach and brought me over, and Steve Waugh and Ricky Ponting were, uh, were pleased, and they asked if I would continue on in a more full-time capacity, and that's how it kicked off. Did you have to deal with any uh, issue of credibility, you know, as someone coming into cricket without ever having played it, and also uh, from a different sport background, you know, baseball, and perhaps more significantly, that uh, you being an American? I had a little bit of that. Not much, because by the time I'd been in cricket, I was in Australia for uh, over 20 years almost. So I had I had gained, uh, for want of sounding like pretentious, but I'd uh, <laughs> had a lot of success in baseball in Australia, and I gained a bit of a reputation, so people knew who I was. And, mm-hmm. and I was also very conscious, you know, that I hadn't been involved in cricket, and it would have been uh, inappropriate of me to come in there saying, you know, you got to do it this way, you got to do it that. And I didn't do that. So uh, I think if I would have done that, it wouldn't have lasted very long. So I had a lot to learn, and I took my time, and I asked a lot of questions, had great people to talk with, like Ponting and Matthew Hayden and Justin Langer, great friends of mine, mm-hmm. and Adam Gilchrist, and they assisted me along the way. And, you know, I finally picked up on it. just took a while. When, when you joined the Australian team, they were already hailed as one of the two best fielding teams in the cricket world, the other being South Africa with John D. Rhodes and others. What were your uh, initial impressions on the uh, skill levels and the techniques, the fielding techniques, And uh, what were the areas you thought could uh, significantly improve what they were doing? Well, I mean, right away you could see that the physical, the athletic talent was there, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I felt, there, I felt uh, that there was a lack of, uh, you know, just a, a real strong lack of aggression as far as go for it, you know, throw the ball more. And, and uh, you know, there was a, a conservative nature Uh, involved, and not only with Australia, but I, I said with all this athletic talent, and, and we so we just got a little bit more aggressive, and, and we took, and Ricky was amazing because not only is he a great fielder, but he said on many occasions publicly that 
he ranks his team on how we feel, and that's that's the energy factor. And mm-hmm. and uh, so to have him, you know, supporting everything I was trying to get done uh, was went a long way, as you could appreciate. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just a matter of, of getting them to believe in their athletic ability and uh, and then just go and lay it out there. And after that, you know, we had Andrew Simons, Michael Clarkers, young fella, Ponting, Hayden. I mean, so I was very fortunate to have the athletes I had to begin with. Were there any specific aspects, technique-wise, skills-wise, that uh, you you brought in that wasn't prevalent in the cricket communities? Well, we talked a lot about their throwing mechanics. Uh, we talked, you know, they didn't do a lot of throwing. They just got out there, and there was a lot of arm soreness and stuff. And so we worked on that a lot. But the biggest thing with me, though, is footwork. I, your feet are everything in fielding, how quick you move your feet and and, uh, and your first-step reaction. And as you know, you know, sometimes guys on the boundary, they can kind of get lost out there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we only see on television, you know, the outcome. We don't see what, you know, what caused at the beginning why they missed the ball by a foot. It's usually because they get a late break on the ball. Mm-hmm. So we, we worked a lot on that kind of stuff. And, and basically, you know, chasing in pairs, working uh, a lot, you know, as a unit. Uh, I, I brought in some different terminology uh, to make it more fun and exciting for them, you know, hunting in packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of things that, you know, I brought in the, uh, the fielding gloves where guys were catching with gloves and I got a little bit of hassles on that one because the guys <laughs> thought I was crazy. But the reality was, you know, when they're catching uh, short balls, like in the slips and stuff, mm-hmm. it, the ball is hard. Of course, when they're doing the drills, they couldn't go and smack it at up a brand new ball. So I felt that, you know, yes, you're, you're not going to use gloves in the game, but we've got to give the ball to you with something on it so you can work on your reaction time. For me, that's what it was all about. And so now you'll see guys all over the world wearing hand gloves, and it was fun to, to see these things take, take shape. You know, it's just a matter of me, not, not that I was doing things better. It's just that I didn't know the nuances. I had a different opportunity, you know. I didn't grow up with the traditional game, so I was able to be a little bit more innovative in my mind. One of the things when you grow up and start playing cricket, it's always about walking in with the bowler. And I had read that you were actually surprised by that, and you said, why would you walk in with the bowler, you know, just take the last <laughs> few steps and save your energy? Well, that's right. I, you know, I said that many times in, in interviews and people ask me that. I mean, I would look out there and I'd see Gillespie and these guys walking 12 steps. And then mm-hmm. even when they get to their, to their point where they wanted to finish, they would be standing upright. And I, I said, and I didn't understand that. And then walk back and they'd walk in the same way they do it every ball and in a test match and all this. And then, well, of course, you know, they must have walked an extra five kilometers or five miles. And then, you know, they're tired. And I said, I don't understand. And, and, and I asked the question, and they said, oh, that's walking in with the bowler. you got to walk in with the bowler. Mm-hmm. That was the answer. And I said, well, what's the reason, though? You know, I mean, how is it going to help them be a better player? How does it help you win? And I didn't really get an answer. I said, no, that's what they do. You walk in with the bowler. So I felt like, I said, listen, because the one thing they did do was they always seemed to stop at the same spot. I said, as long as you know the depth you want to be at, why don't you just let the bowler run up further mm-hmm. before you start? And then take a couple of steps, save the energy, and then when you take those couple of steps, of course, mm-hmm. get in a balanced position. Otherwise, you might as well just, you know, walk down the street. <laughs> so guys kind of looked at me, and, and they said, oh, it makes sense, you know. 
So a lot of that was a compromise. I remember Dizzy uh, Gillespie, Jason Gillespie, he used to walk in a lot of steps, and he said, you know, and now this made a lot of sense. He said, Young, it's just a routine for me. It's a comfort thing, and I'm, I'm massive on that. And I said, listen, if it makes you comfortable, you do it. Mm-hmm. But why don't we start to try to wean it back? So instead of doing 12, let's do 10. Mm. Well, it ended up after a few years, he was down to about six. I so, see. you know, that would have saved him a lot of steps, a lot of, a lot of effort that was, to me, wasted effort. There's a question from a listener, Navneet. He wants to know from you the fielding challenges. How are they different between cricket and baseball? The, the challenges to the players themselves and then as a coach inculcating the good habits. Well, I can tell you right now to all of our listeners that, and I've said this and I'm happy to say it, and, and for me personally, fielding in cricket, especially slips fielding in test cricket, is the, is one, if not the most difficult thing to do in sport. I mean, we're talking about guys that are out there for five, six, seven hours, mm-hmm. up, down, up, down, hot weather, and they may only get the average fielder who's leading test cricket in catches only gets two to two and a half catches average per test match. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and they're out there for could be two full days in hot weather. So, to me, that's phenomenal. And then, of course, they're diving to the right, they're diving to the left, they're making one-hand catches. And we've got – and then they drop a ball, which I'm amazed when they even catch one, you know, <laughs> because I think how hard it is. And then the, the announcers are like, oh, he should have caught that one. Oh, he put that one down. And I'll take it. Oh, my goodness, you guys are a bit harsh, you know. So – for me, it's, it's you know, let's let's be honest. I mean, we, we can't go past also, well, baseballers use gloves, don't they? They mm-hmm. use baseball gloves. And it's gotten to the point for me, and I, you know, and I love baseball. I, I grew up in baseball. I did, I did a lot of professional baseball. I was in Olympic games. But it's gotten to the point now where the gloves are so big that the baseball players have become uh, lazy. They can catch a ball without good mechanics, just throw their glove out there while we – we all know, everybody that's listening, and you and I, we know that in cricket, you can't do that. The ball's mm-hmm. got to stick in your hand. So, you know, you have, to be more, uh, you have to be more conscious of what you're doing. You have to have better technique and look the ball in. And, and cricketers are the best catchers of ball on the planet. Who would you say was the best slip catcher that you have seen, whether in Australia or outside Australia, in the last uh, 12 years that you've been associated with cricket? Oh, uh, boy, oh, boy. You know, I tell you, that's a tough one, but I, I, I said it many times. I've said, and I'll say Matthew Hayden. Hmm. And, and I say it for, you know, I mean, yes, he was a great catcher, but so was Ponte. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of them out there, you know, but the reality is is that when you're six foot four, 230 pounds, 220 to 30 pounds, and you've got to get down low and, and, and catch some of the balls that he had to catch, that's, that's a heck of an effort. And and Hayden did it better than anybody. So, for me, he, he was as good. You know, I'm not going to say he was better, but he was as good as anybody. Uh, Ricky Ponting, and, of course, I'm going to bring up more Australians only because I was with them more. Mm-hmm. But Ricky Ponting, his, his reaction time catching the ball that was hit to him, he has such quick hands. And, you know, he doesn't have big hands. He's got small hands, but, boy, the ball would stick. And he's tough and his concentration levels, you know, and that's the big thing between baseball and cricket. Remember, those guys in baseball, they, they come off the field, they bat. Mm-hmm. They go back on the field. They come off the field, they bat. So there's always a break where they can kind of rest their mind from fielding. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have that luxury in cricket, do we? Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, that's that's there's some differences there. But to answer your question, Matthew Hayden's up there. Ricky's up there. Um, Jack Collis is a good catcher of ball. Graham Smith mm-hmm. was a good catcher of a ball. In terms of all-around fielding, you know, whether fielding at closing position or within the circle or outfield, who would you rate as uh, the best all-around fielder? I mean, Ricky Ponting has to be up there, I would think. Ricky Ponting's right up there, but I can tell you for the space of about two years, mm-hmm. uh, about two years, in, in one day in 2020 cricket later, but one day cricket, uh, without any question in my mind, Andrew Simons. Hmm. Andrew, Andrew Simons was, and everybody in cricket would say that. Yeah. I mean, he was a big man. He, he was extremely accurate with his throws. If a ball hit his hands, it stuck. <laughs> uh, he was the best overall athlete that I saw in cricket. Uh, and it, for a period of two years, from about 2006 to 2008, you know, right there, around there, he he was better than anybody on the planet. Now, in saying that, you know, I appreciate that uh, I came in when Jaunty was going out. Mm-hmm. And Jaunty's a good friend of mine, uh, a very good friend, and we spent a lot of time talking fielding. And, and him and I, and, you know, he shared things with me, and he's asked me questions and vice versa. But uh, so I can't say that I saw uh, Jaunty play in his prime. So I won't make comment, but I saw him on TV and I saw a lot of his film work. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, he's, it's hard <laughs> to get past Jaunty Rhodes, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the 1992 World Cup was his. You brought up the point about T20. These days you have so many franchise-based leagues all over the world, especially with the IPL. And you are with uh, Kings Eleven Punjab. What is the impact of T20 leagues, the need for cricketers to be more agile and sharp. I'm sure you have seen a tremendous increase in overall fielding ability in the last 12 years. Uh, well, listen, I, I, from day one, you know, when I first saw 2020 cricket before the uh, IPL, before mm-hmm. the BBL, before all these, these uh, leagues, when I saw T20 cricket played for my first time, I was with the Australian team, and I said to uh, everybody, I said, this is your future. This is the future of cricket. And uh, uh, young, you know, no, it's test cricket. And, and listen, I love test cricket. I said, but it's not that I'm not saying test cricket isn't good. I'm saying that in our society today, mm-hmm. people don't have time to sit out for five days. I said, this is a society where we have to admit that, you know, people want to see something happen right now. And 2020 cricket, what the, the fun thing that it's done is, it, is the athleticism has shown out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything's quick. If you can't be slow in 2020 cricket and be successful. So that's been the, the lot of fun is watching that happen. And it has transferred over into one-day cricket. And, uh, and I think it, it'd be hard for anybody to say that the, the T20 cricket hasn't been successful. Hmm. It, there's some adjustments that I believe still need to be made. There's quite a few, but the reality is, is that it has been extremely successful to do so well in such a short period of time as it is done. As a as a fielding coach, how is your approach to the uh, players, getting them ready for their day, whether it's a T20 game or it's a one day game or a Test match? What are the drills, and how do you get these boys prepped? Like. What- uh, it, it, I, you just broke up a little bit, but I, I believe what your question was was the adjustment from 2020 to test back to one day, back to test. Yeah, in terms of uh, yeah, from a coaching point as well as from the player point of view. 
Well, it's hard. It, it, it's hard because it's hard, especially when when guys are going from test to twenty twenty. Mm. Uh, it's a little easier when you're when you're going. I won't say backwards because I don't think that's the correct term. But I think when you're going fast to slow, it's a little easier than having to ramp it up. But it's hard, you know, and that's why you'll see, you know, yes, you're always going to have some of the the all-around cricketers that are going to play both forms. But I think if you notice, a lot of guys that are playing test cricket now do not play 2020, Mm -hmm. like for their country, like Michael Clark, for instance. There's quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, it's the workload. I mean, these guys now, excuse me, with 2020 one-day cricket, test cricket, there's a lot of workload. But 2020 cricket, I mean, here we are in, in the United States of America, and, and uh, I'm a massive fan of, of the potential of this country. I've told many people that for many years. Mm-hmm. The reality is 2020 cricket is the only way to do it here. I think anybody that's listening I would agree to that. I mean, we may all like test cricket, and I know we do because we're cricket followers, but the the people off the street in America, they, there's no way they're going to watch a, a sport that takes five days. You know, well, they just don't. You have to grow up with it. I, when I talk to other Americans, some of them say, hey, uh, golf, golf has four days of uh, championship, and people watch it. Every other week you have a golf tournament going on, so people watch it. So... It's not the time span that is demanded of the audience that is stopping Americans from uh, getting into cricket. What, what would you say to that? Well, I think that's a, I think that's a totally different situation. Golf doesn't that the one game in cricket, one Test match is not the, is not determined. Golf is four games of golf. Mm-hmm. They play eighteen holes, four to different times. So you're actually watching four games of golf. And the outcome is determined by those four games, whereas test match is one match, and it takes five days to go through. So we have to be careful because we look at test cricket and we understand the nuances. We understand the difficulties, mm-hmm. uh, having a, get a team out twice. But that's hard in, a, in a, an environment, in a society, a sporting society where I mean, the longest game that's played takes about three hours. So now we're going to ask them to not three hours, but 30, give or take some, some time. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a learning curve. I just have such a belief in cricket in this country mm-hmm. uh, that I just know it will work. But we, when we do it, we got to do it right, mm-hmm. and we have to make it exciting. You're going to be leading a U.S. Youth Cricket Association co-sponsored youth clinic for kids in uh, Kingsview Middle School, Germantown, Maryland. What are the uh, things that you're going to try to impress on the kids about? Well, I talked to Jamie Harrison, who runs the show out there, and, and he said, listen, we're going to have basically a train-the-coaches type thing, mm-hmm. which I think is a good idea because, you know, I mean, I'm there for one or two days. The coaches are there for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. So if we can get a few things across, then hopefully they can carry it on and uh, we're going to have some continuity mm-hmm. and over time. So, you know, I'm going out there, and, and quite frankly, I'm a, I'm a bit like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I've never done it before here. I've done, of course, many, many clinics, but I've never done one here. I'm excited for the opportunity that they're willing to bring me out there to do it, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to gain as much knowledge as I can about cricket in America. I'm, the future for me, quite frankly, is in the United States of America. If I'm going to continue my coaching in cricket, this is where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I'll have to see how that pans out.
one thing that in terms of sports in the U.S., you know, professional sports, uh, NFL, NBA, uh, etc., uh, you see a lot of infusion of technology. And for example, in baseball, you have field range statistics, whereas we don't see that much use of statistics, at least publicly available statistics and knowledge about uh, fielding capabilities, fielding uh, efficiency of uh, cricketers. Are there things that uh, go on in the background as someone that has been in the background for so long in how you evaluate uh, a fielder's performance on a given day? When I was in cricket for the first time, I actually went on the field and was sitting on the boundary because you get a better angle on plays. Mm -hmm. And uh, people were, I mean, there was big stories about it. And again, it's only because I didn't know. I asked John Buchanan, I said, hey, can I go out there and watch the game? And he's like, there's no rule against it. Mm -hmm. There's no law. It doesn't say you can't do it as long as you stay, of course, on the outside of the boundary. So I did that. And when I got in the game, I, I asked what I thought was a pretty natural question. I said, well, who holds the record for the most direct hits? Mm-hmm. There's no record. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was blown away by that. I said, we, we say things, we being the cricket community, of which I'm a part of, and happily so, we say things like, Catches win matches, which mm. is a direct indicator that fielding is a very, very important thing in the game. But then again, we don't credit mm-hmm. players with doing those things. And I said that that just that's mind boggling. There is no there is if you look at the, the all the people that are listening to this, if they look at the stats for world cricket, you'll have, you know, all the all time stats, you'll have Eight or ten on batting, you know, the, the highest run rate, the this, mm-hmm. the that, the most runs scored, the highest average. Same thing with bowling. With fielding, catches taken. That's it. That's it. Catches taken. Now, I believe, I believe, like in T20, for me, I, I think uh, the T20 is the form you start with. I think uh, there's no reason you shouldn't have errors in mm-hmm. fielding and cricket. There is absolutely no reason that errors uh, shouldn't be there. We, why shouldn't we have errors? If a guy drops a ball mm-hmm. and we get extra runs, that he should have a minus one or however you work out the plan. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't. So we can't talk about fielding being important if we don't have barometers and, and lines of demarcation where we can say, yeah, that guy's the best. So people will look up to them. Like we look at John T. Rhodes and we say he was a great fielder. Well, we only say that because we can actually see him do things. Mm-hmm. You know, he would make great plays. We'd say, geez, he's a great fielder. Mm-hmm. But if you went into a country like the United States or somewhere and they said, who's the best fielder? John T. Rhodes. Okay, look, yeah, let me see. How many times did he catch the ball? What was it? No, no, we don't, we don't know that. We just know because we watched him on TV that he was a great fielder. Mm. Well, those days are over. Right? I mean, we, we need to take this serious, and we need to make those adjustments. And this is something that America can do. And I know cricket's been played here for a long time, mm-hmm. and, and I know how many people are playing cricket. I've done a lot of homework on this. But the reality is we have an opportunity in the United States to actually tweak the game and, and do some exciting things with the game. You know, I believe there should be a designated batsman in cricket. Hmm. There's no reason uh, in 2020 cricket. Why can't we have some guys coming in and out at different times? I don't want to. I don't want to make the game trivial by no means because I'm a massive traditionalist in sport. But the reality is, is let's look at ways. Let's not be closed-minded. Let's look at ways and have fun with it, and mm-hmm. see if there's some things that we can do for our cricket, not cricket in general, 
mm-hmm. our cricket. Mm-hmm. And I think then all of a sudden, I think so many ideas that all the people out there, there's a lot of knowledgeable people about cricket in this country, and I think some of those ideas, if they are put into play, will actually be leading the way because they're going to be good, they're going to work, they're going to be exciting, people will hear about them, and the next thing you know, the ICC will take them up, and here's the United States coming up with some good ideas. Mm. Another listener, Mahek, he wants to ask you about how do you evaluate a player's ability? You know, do you, for every drop catch, you assign certain number of runs to him or whatever runs the batsman made? Do you allocate points to a fielder that scores directed, whether it's a run out or not, but as long as he scores a directed or, or a diving catch, so on and so forth? Yes. To answer uh, the question, absolutely. I've got a chart that I do. It's not a complicated chart, mm-hmm. but it, it, all it does is it, you know, I can go to a player and I can say, look at this. And, you know, now, now these are balls. You've got two hands to that ball. you got one hand to that ball. So, you know, of course, we have to understand the difficulty in doing that. We can't just say, oh, you know, like I said, some of the commentators, you know, on television, the guy – been out there for five hours. He dives to his right and barely gets two fingers on a ball with a dive, and they say he put it down. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't put it down, but but the reality is is that you know we have to look at it and be objective and just say on this play, you know, that's a play that you should make. You're you're a good player. You should make that play. You drop that ball, cost us a run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So yes, to answer the question, I do keep uh, you know some stats on that. Mm-hmm. But I also, when you're coaching players, the most important thing is not every player is the same. So you have to take into consideration, mm-hmm. you know, what they do well and what they don't. And unlike baseball, and this is the other thing, we, of course, we play different positions. Mm-hmm. So we might move into mid-on, mid-off, and we're all of a sudden we're, you know, at deep, fine leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these different positions, well, those are different skill sets. Correct. So, you know, those are things that, you know, it makes it a little bit more diverse, a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's okay. You know, we've worked that out. There's a, there's a, a gentleman that works in New Zealand that does a, a real nice job with that, mm-hmm. uh, charting and putting stats down. So everybody has their, their uh, idiosyncrasies and how they do it, Steve Rickson. So, you know, everybody does it. But mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I think it has to be conducive to the team you're working with. Julian Fountain, you know, he's working with a company based in Chennai who have their own fielding-specific statistical and technical analysis software. As we go forward, that sort of thing should would become more commonplace in cricket? Well, it's going to happen. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard a lot about Julian Fountain. I haven't spent a lot of time with him, but it's going to happen. I mean, like I say, we're doing it already. So, it, like, I, but again, it's got to be conducive to the coach in his methodology, to the players, you know, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big fan of just putting a software program. I'm not saying this is a bad software program because I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying I'm not a guy that just thinks you can you can just generalize a software program and say that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like to, I don't like to keep my, let my mind work that way. Okay, I, I want to be open minded. I want to have the, the ability. I, I don't want to say, well, these stats here. If you, if you do this, you're not bad. If you do that, you're good. I just think that, that you have to look at the athlete. There's a lot more when you evaluate an athlete than, than numbers. Okay. On that note, Coach, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Good luck with the youth clinic. Paul, thank you. And thanks to everybody who's listening. This has been such a, this is a real pleasure. I'm excited. My pleasure, too. Take care. Straight down the ground, almost into the dressing room. 
slaughtered. Couch Talk 